Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So the title of my message today is The Age of the Lie. The Age of the Lie. Now, I know some of you showed up because last Sunday I wasn't able to get where I needed to go where I was going to deal with this thing called mercy. But then I was uh, talking for a little while with a theologian, and I'm sure he is watching me now because he's always critiquing my doctrine and my theology. And I appreciate that. And we were, we were just casually talking and something dropped in my spirit. And I, I respectfully said, you know, sir, I, I need to go. Something just went off in my, in my gut. And I need to go and see what God is saying. And uh, you're going to get the results of that unction from the spirit of God. Because a whole lot of folk are lying. Thank God there's no liars on your road. Come look up and down your road. Tell, tell your road. Say, this is the praise road. <laughs> yeah, this is the praise road. Yeah, this is a sold out to God road. And if you're not sold out to God, you need to get on another road. This is the, the sold out to God road. This is the praise God road. This is not the cute road. Amen. This is the thankful road. This is the hallelujah road. This is the thank you, Jesus. Ooh, God. <laughs> yeah, this is the road that, that at any moment might say thank you, Jesus. This is the road that at any moment they might say, thank you, Lord. This is the road. You better make, if you're not like that, you need to get off this road. Jesus. Yeah, yeah this is the victory road. You need to tell somebody, this is the victory road. This is, this is the victory road. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ooh, Jesus. Something's going to happen today. And I'm not lying. Because there's a whole lot of folk lying. <laughs> They're lying in D.C. <laughs> They're lying downtown. There's a whole lot of folk lying. This seems as though that this is the age of the lie. Husbands are lying. Wives are lying. Well, I felt something. Wives are lying. I felt something. Children are lying. Teachers are lying. Politicians are lying. Republicans are lying. Democrats are lying. Independents are lying. Voters are lying. Non-vote people are lying. There's a whole lot of lying going on. Our country would have been fixed by now if the politicians wasn't lying. 
We vote the Republicans in. They lie. We vote the Democrats in. They lie. And in 2023, we're still fighting for things that were supposed to be settled in 1965. Because people are lying. Ooh, Jesus. Let me just go ahead and make you mad. In our vows, you said you would love me until death do us part. In our vows, there was nothing in our vows about divorce. You lied. Ooh, Jesus. Come on, I'm not talking to everybody. But this is the age of the lie. People started rioting in D.C. It was like a civil war all over again. And it has infected, it has infected our nation. As a Vietnam veteran, I've never seen this nation so divided like it is now. And we're not divided from without. We're divided from within. And the Bible says, a house that is, it cannot stand. We need a president that will not lie. We need a senator that will not lie. We need a congressperson that will not lie. We need city officials that will not lie. We need a pastor. That will stop lying. Please sit down. So I want to deal with the age. The age of the lie. Because our, our nation is on a, a dangerous course. Because of lies. And lies have such strange characteristics to it that you can show people statistically that what people are saying is a lie. And yet there are still people who feel that the election was stolen. And that's not the only lie. We, we seem to be in a culture of lies. The word of God says that uh, in the latter days, forsake not the assemblings of yourselves together. But modern technology have seduced us and almost got us to a place where we feel that physically going to the house of God is no longer necessary. And if something doesn't happen within the next five years, give a little... Um, it, it may be very few church doors open because people are buying into, talk to me, They're buying into the lie. Uh, give me nugget number one, please. 
Didn't I say I wouldn't be long? Did, did I say that? <laughs> did, huh? I didn't say it? Okay, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, nugget number one, please. Ready? Please read. Re read it again. Satan is the originator of murder. He is the originator, the founder of lies. Nugget number two, please. Finally. And this country a few uh, months ago was so close to becoming a country with a dictator. And that thing is still on the horizon. Why? Because dictators have learned. Uh, uh, Hitler was a dictator. And the reason he was so successful is that he had learned that if you keep telling a lie, over and over and over, eventually the people will believe it. Nugget number three, please. When people reject the truth, and we'll, we'll clarify what is truth, but when people reject the truth, they will believe the lie. When people reject the truth, they will believe the lie. Nugget number four, and perhaps the last one for this session. Ready? Read. Read it again like you, you, you can read. Ready? Read. Are we living? That's a good question. Are, are, right now, are we living, are we, are we the ones who have been introduced to the time and the season? And is it happening right now? Are we, are we in the time and season when God, not the preacher, not the devil, but are we living right now in a time where God is separating the sheep from the goats? I don't hear any, you know, goat sounds, so I guess everything in here is a sheep. If you would so graciously now turn to the last book that was written in the Bible, in the New Testament, and go to chapter number eight, the last book, the last book that was written. I didn't say the last book in the Bible. I said the last book that was written in the New Testament. Would you go there? I usually teach ministers like this on Wednesdays. 
because they're a little, you know, a little hungry for, for some things. But, but at any rate, take a chance. Would you go to the last book written in the New Testament and go to chapter number eight? And let's look together at verse number 44. Now, the last book that was written in the Bible was the Gospel of John. It's not the last book in your Bible, but it was the last book that was written of the Bible. Are you with me? Are you in John chapter 8? If you're there, say amen. Now let's look together at verse number 44. Because we're living, I believe, in the age of the lie. And Jesus said, he said, you're of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, oh my, let's park the car. Because there is this, this mythology, this false doctrine and false theology that God is the father of everybody. And that's not the truth. God is not the father of everybody. The devil is the father of some people. We're going to clear it up here in a minute. And he says, and the desires, who's talking? Jesus. And he said, the desires of your father, you want to do. And then he clarifies, and your father, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. So when he speaks to win your vote, everything he says that he's going to do, he doesn't have any plans to do any of those things. All he wants is your vote so that he can exercise power. And whatever he says, you need to know before he opens or she opens her mouth, they're going to lie. Because if they all were not liars, our country would not be in the condition that it is. If they were actually speaking truth, say truth, then our nation would be free. And we are not a free nation. We are a debtor nation. And we, we owe more money to our enemy. That's why we're limited as to what we can say to China. You can't go in and kick somebody's door down who you owe money to. So our politicians, their hands are tied because they can only say and do so much. Why? Because we are a debtor nation.
and China is backing our debt. Now, I'm going to say some strong things. That's why I said earlier that I'm a Vietnam veteran, so nobody will get misconstrued that I'm coming against this nation. You don't go and fight for something you don't love. And then all five of my biological sons are veterans. Iraq and Afghanistan and Korea and Germany. So I'm not coming off, you know, as a person who never served. But I am looking at the condition that we are in a nation and I'm beginning to question, what did I fight for? And what did I send my sons to a foreign land to fight for? For a nation that is fighting itself. How can we fight our enemies when we are enemies amongst each other? And this nation is being divided because of lies. Ooh, help me, Jesus. Because it was founded on lies. And anything you grow on your foundation, no matter how beautiful your crop is, that crop is still rooted and grounded in that foundation. So, so let, let, me, let me back up and... and and build a picture because Jesus is dealing with these church-going people, these religious folk, and, uh, and he says to them that you are of your father, the devil. In your study time, if you back up a few verses, you'll see where the, where the religious leaders were trying to trap Jesus. And the Bible says that they brought to him a woman, not the man brought the woman to Jesus who was caught in the act of adultery. You, you all get the picture? We've got children here. I don't, children's church is not open, so I have to be careful. But I'm probably not going to say anything they don't already know. But, but for the sake of being stately. Uh, the Bible says... That, that, she, that she was caught in the very act of adultery. And they bring her to Jesus. Get, get this picture. That, that when, when the religious leaders walked up on her, they were getting it on. They, the Bible says they were, not they, she was caught. She was caught. Now, how was she caught and he wasn't caught? And why did they bring her to Jesus and not bring the deacon from, I mean, bring somebody. The, well, why did they bring her to Jesus and they said to Jesus, Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now, they're trying to corner Jesus because under the law of Moses, she is supposed to be stoned. So they're trying to trap him. So now you're getting the picture now down in verse 44 while Jesus began to tell them who they were. And they said to Jesus, what shall we do with her? Well, everybody who know the law of Moses knows she's supposed to be stoned. 
And so Jesus didn't respond to him. The Bible says that he bent down with his finger and started writing in the sand. Then he stood up and said, uh, he that is without sin, throw the first pew. And then the Bible says he bent down again. And I believe, you can't prove me wrong, I believe he bent down and started writing names of people in the crowd. John and Shirley, James and Nadine. Bob and Patty, uh, July 22nd, 2023, uh, yesterday. And the Bible says, when he got up and he looked around, nobody was standing. Just a woman caught in the dust. Now, I, know, I don't know where the, it doesn't say in the Bible. I don't know where he, he's at. I guess he went home to his wife. <laughs> the, the Bible didn't, didn't say anything. But when Jesus stood back up, he looked around and everybody was gone and he looked at the, the lady who was caught in the very act of adultery. He said, where, where are your accusers? She looked around. You know, this is uh, Steve Halp's translation. Uh, she said, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, whatever you wrote, ran them off. And Jesus said, he says, they're all gone. So all her accusers are gone. And then he said, and I don't accuse you. But he said, now do this. He said, go and sin no more. Neither do I hold the charge against you. Go and sin. Now, this passive scripture is not impacting you because you don't see yourself as the woman who is committing adultery. See, the woman who was caught in adultery, that's us. And if you don't acknowledge that that's you, then you was that man that was caught, but they let you go. You think you got away. And so now Jesus is dealing, are you getting the picture now? Jesus is dealing with these religious people because religious folks are very self-righteous. That's why you, sometimes you have to watch some of the older saints because they'll put pressure on the younger saints. You know, talking about the younger saints, about, you know, what all they're going through and, you know, the, the flesh battles that they have, like they didn't have it when they were 18. 
you know, now, now they're 72 years old talking about how much they love Jesus. I, I, I'm sure you do. You, you follow what I'm saying? And, and some things you never got victory over, you just got too old to do it. I just want to thank the Lord I'm saved and sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you just got old. Amen. Yeah, let me leave that alone. Look at verse 45. But because I, look, look what Jesus said. He says, but because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. This is powerful, the next verse. This is powerful. Verse 46. He says, which of you convict me? You say you got a church, stand up. And tell me what I did. C come on now. I mean, that's, that's a powerful statement. I can't do it. You look at me all funny. You can't do it either. Jesus said, in essence, tell me what I done wrong. Tell me who I did it with. Tell me when I did it. Tell me when it happened. You want to kill me? Tell me what I did that justify you killing me. You can't say that. I'm on the pastor's church, but I can't say it. Hopefully you don't leave. But, but I can't say it. I can't say I've never done anything that warranted death. For the wages of sin is. But Jesus said it. He said, you want to kill me? Then, then stand up and tell me your charge. Verse 46, tell me what I did wrong. Tell me who I wronged. Tell me who I lied on. Tell me who I hurt. Tell me who I took advantage of. Tell me who I used. Stand up and tell me. Which of you convict me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Verse 47. And he who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear. He's talking to church-going people. These people attend the synagogue. What are they hearing when they go to the synagogue? Who's talking and who's listening? Therefore, you do not hear because you're not of God. Jesus, are you listening? He says, you're not of God. He's not talking to wretched heathens. He's talking to Judaizers. He's talking to the leaders of the religious synagogues. He's talking to Pharisees and scribes. And he's telling the religious leaders, you're of the, your father, the devil. How are you going to be the pastor of the church? And the devil is your father. How are you going to be the pastor of the church? And everything you say is a lie. Because what you say comes from your father, the devil. Ooh, Jesus. 
Can I say this? Can you handle it? Only cowards lie. Strong statement, but if you'll evaluate it in your, you know, your meditation time today, you'll discover that what I just said is true. The only reason you lie is because you're scared. Well, I'm getting some looks, but I'll say it to you again. <laughs> Only a coward will lie. Because you have to be afraid, you have to be scared to lie. Why? Because you, 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 have, you have come to the conclusion, if I tell the truth. That I'm going to be in trouble. Not realize you're going to be in more trouble. Is, is, this, is this good? He says, he who is of God hears God, who hears God's word. Therefore, you, are, you do not hear. Why? Because you are of your father, the devil. Now, now let's, let's back up to verse 32. Look at verse 32. And Jesus says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall Make you free. The Moffat's translation says that you will understand the truth. The Moffat's translation says you will understand the truth. The new message or the message Bible says you will experience for yourself the truth. You will experience for yourself the truth. The Amplifier says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus. The truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason our world is in so much trouble today and it's going to get worse, and the reason it's going to get worse is because the only thing that will set us free as a nation and set the world free as a world is truth. And truth, hear this, truth is not a word. Truth is a person. And the reason the world and our nation is in trouble is because they refuse to accept this person who is the truth. And because we have rejected the truth, not the word, the person. The person is the truth. The truth is the person. And because we're rejecting the person, Jesus the Christ, then we can only live by a lie. And so the politicians, they give you an overdose of lies that makes you numb and nebulous to reality. They cause you every four years to hope for a better four years. And they've been playing this game with us for however long. You vote in one party, they give you a few things. You vote in another party, they take it back. You get tired of being without it, you vote in another party, and they give it back to you. You get tired of them, then you vote in another party, and they take it back. And we've been on this roller coaster ride because this roller coaster is full of lies. Are you listening to me? And if you're looking to a nation or a people to set you free, you're in deception. 
nobody can set you free. Are you listening to me? And you're foolish to be waiting on somebody to have a change of heart. No oppressor in history just woke up one day and said, you know, what we've been doing is not right. It's never happened in history. There's never been change without pressure. And today, we don't need pressure from men. We need pressure from God. Because the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of Almighty God. We need an America for God to do something. Are you all listening to me? And so we're in a nebulous situation again where we're kind of numb and, and we're looking forward to 2024 like that's going to change something. And I'm saying today that the answer for our nation is not in Washington, D.C. But the answer for our nation is a clarion call from heaven coming down to earth. It's for the people of God to come together and bind the forces of darkness. Because the Bible says if you bind it on earth, he'll bind it in heaven. And if you loose it on earth, he'll loosen it. And we need truth loosed. And we need the lies of the devil bound. But Jesus is truth. And the world don't want Jesus. And some church-going folk don't want Jesus. They're just hooked on a message. But not hooked on change. Are you all listening to me now? The truth is Jesus Christ. Say this, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is, the is the truth. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. is the truth. No, no, no. See, truth is not in the public school. Truth is not on the university campus. Truth is not at City Hall. Truth is Jesus. And when they put Jesus out, truth left the premises. Are you listening to me? When truth was in the classroom, I mean, it was, I remember my day when truth was allowed in the, in the school. I mean, we spoke the truth every morning. And I mean, it was a dangerous place to be. You might get hit in the head with a spitball. Or somebody may put gum in your seat. Are you listening to me? It was dangerous because Jesus was welcomed into the classroom every morning. Every morning. And it was dangerous in there after you invited Jesus in. Because somebody might hit you in the head. With a, somebody might pluck you in the head. But then one day, we decided as a nation that we no longer needed the truth in our classroom. So now it's filled with lies. And now it's not. You have to be concerned of sending your child to school that somebody might hit him with a spitball. 
Now you have to be concerned about somebody hitting with a bullet. The teachers, it was dangerous for her when Jesus, the truth was in the room. Because the student, they talk back. But now that they've taken Jesus out of the classroom, the teacher might get beat up, shot, or killed. Ooh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? Jesus is truth. And America has no hope without the truth. I know they're going to lie to you because they want you to vote for them. But they're lying. Nothing's, nothing is going to change without the truth. And Jesus the Christ the son of the living God, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Holy Krishna. The truth. Now I want you to clap on this because I'm not talking about westernized gospel because westernized gospel is not the truth. We'll have time to get into that. But the real truth, when you hear the real truth, it will set you free. And once you get a revelation that your freedom is not in the hands of another man, then you are no longer deceived. So now you can fulfill your full potential because can't nobody stop me. Nobody's holding you back. Nobody's holding you back. You're just saying somebody's holding you back as an excuse for your laziness. As an excuse for your procrastination. To try to make yourself feel good because you haven't made the progress you should have made by the age that you are now. But nobody has stopped you but you. Are you all listening to me? I don't, I don't sound like I'm mad, do I? No. <laughs> I, I, just, I? I just want you to get it. Because some of us, we're too old now to be dreaming. I'm talking about dreams that are not going to come true. We're too old to be in fantasy land. And we're too old to think that somebody's going to come and rescue us. The rescuer has already come. And he says, if you receive it, you all believe your Bible? Do you believe your Bible? Go to Isaiah chapter 1. This just came up in my heart. Now you said you believe the Bible. I'm going to prove to you nobody's holding you back. Nobody, nobody's holding you back. No white man holding you back. No black man holding you back. No polka dot man's holding you back. No Filipinos holding you back. No Korean is holding you back. No Japanese is holding you back. Are you listening? Nobody holding you back. No Indian is holding you back. No Mexican is holding you back. Are you listening to me? Nobody's holding you back. And quit using that as an excuse for you being lazy. It's 
It's not the person sitting next to you's fault that you didn't finish school and didn't pay attention. Hey, boy, give me something else, Jesus. It's not the person sitting behind you. It's not their fault you didn't pay attention in school. You were too busy trying to be cute when you should have been learning. Now you mad at everybody who paid attention? Because now you need them to fill out your application? And you're never going to make progress until you stop using other people as an excuse for your lack of progress. Nobody's holding you back but you. You're poor because of your decisions. Or you're rich because of your decisions. And got quiet in this church. But people get quiet when you put the responsibility of their lives in, the, in this proper place, and that's on them. Are you all listening to me? The way I was raised in a house with no lights and no running water and having raggedy clothes and holes in my shoes, that's no excuse for me not making it. My daddy was an alcoholic who raised me and a womanizer. That's no excuse for me not making it. I can't blame my life on my daddy at 70 years old. You don't have nothing because you didn't want nothing or you didn't want to work for it. And you don't have to go to school to have something. There's a whole lot of folk with a whole lot of alphabets after their name, and they broke. You all still believe the Bible? Did you go to Isaiah? Have you found it yet? If you haven't, act like you have. Look at Isaiah chapter 1. Look at this. You don't have nothing to do with nobody. Can't nobody hold you back. Can't nobody stop me. If, if, if what people wanted to happen to me had happened, I'd be dead. But it don't make any difference what you want to happen to me. I know what God has already said was for me. And can't nobody stop me from having it but me. Are you all listening to me? Are you in Isaiah? Chapter number one, what verse? Just pick one. Look at verse 19. Look at this. You said you believe the Bible. If you are willing, look, look on the screen so we can say it together. If you are and you shall, are you eating the good of the land? I'm eating all right, but I'm not eating as good as I should be eating. I said, I'm eating all right, but I'm not eating as good as I should be eating. If you are willing and obedient, 
you sell? Is your family eating the good of the land? Eating the good of the land is not a position where you can't pay your bills. Eating the good of the land is not being sick. Sickness is not for us. Healing is the children's bread. Well, I'm getting some looks, but that's all right. You're just edging me on. Because the reason you are where you are is nobody's fault. Are you listening to me? And you can be as poor as you want to be. But don't get mad at us because we don't feel sorry for you. And part of the reason we don't feel sorry, we don't see you. We're too busy doing what God called us to do. Are you listening to me? We live in a country that have more opportunity than any other country on the face of the planet. And we move. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. There's never been a time in the history of this nation for you to be a wealthy person. Because now you can be wealthy and never have physical contact with anybody. That means you can do exchange now and folks never discover what color you are because of technology. You can sell them something and never see them. So when you order a product, you don't know who made it. And just because it's got China on it doesn't mean it was made in China. I could have made it. And there are people who are getting rich now at an alarming rate because we have entered now into what we call the information age. The most valuable thing, the most valuable asset today in 2023 is not your house. It's not your car. It's not even your money. The most powerful asset you have today in 2023 is in between these two ears. Because if this thing is wealthy, I can drop you off in Peru. I can take everything you got. I can take everything you got and you will do it again because your wealth is not in your stuff. Your wealth is in your head. And your outward conditions are only a reflection of your inward condition. Because the decisions that you made that have brought you to where you are today is a result of how you think. And how you think is a result of the information that you've allowed to be inputted into your brain. And the, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, boy, th this is good. This, this, let, let's wrap this up. L let's, let's wrap this up. Verse 46. Verse 46. Go back to the the, the, uh, John chapter 8. Real quick. Oh, I got three minutes. John. 
John chapter what? Just check it. Don't, don't get upset. Somebody said, hey. <laughs> Hurry up. Which of you convict me of sin? Jesus put his very life on the line when he asked, which of you convict me of sin? Now, now believe me. Believe me. When Jesus said this, I believe if anybody in the crowd had anything on him, they would have brought it forth. Some people are just waiting for you to make a mistake. They can't celebrate the great and mighty things God has done. They just, they're just like this. I hear what y'all saying about the reverend, but I'm watching. They feel like they're anointed to see your discrepancies. And there are people who are just waiting on you to make a mistake. They can't even get blessed by what God is saying and doing through you because all they're concerned about is when you're going to make a mistake because I want to be there. I want to be the first to take note. With that mindset, I believe at this point in juncture in Jesus Christ's life when he said, if there's anybody who's got anything on me, who got anything on me of sin, speak up. Now, I, I can't say that. And I don't feel bad because you with me. And if you say you're not, then we know what group you're with. But Jesus said, if you know anybody who can come forth and say anything that's the truth that I have done that was sin ever, come on. I believe if there would have been anybody who had anything on him, they would have spoke up. And nobody said a word. The only thing they could do was find somebody who would lie. And the, oh Jesus, and the devil will always have somebody who will lie on you. Are you listening to me? And they don't need a reason to lie. I used to think when people didn't like you, there was something you did or something you said. You know, maybe I walked by them and I didn't speak. Or maybe I said something in the wrong tenor. But I come to discover I've lived long enough now to know people don't need a reason at all. Sometimes people hate you because you've made it. Sometimes people will hate you because you're doing good. And when I say people, I'm not talking about strangers. I'm talking about family members. Will disown you. Because you won't give them or lend them your money that you work for while they were laying at home waiting on a government check. 
get mad at you. Stop speaking to you. Tell your nieces and nephews they're no longer coming over your house because you won't give them your money. Well, you know, if I had it, I would lend it to you. You've never had it for me to borrow it. For us to discover what you would do. It's always been you asking me for money. If I'm in somebody's house now, let me get out. They, Minister uh, uh, Barrett, they hated Jesus so much. For no reason, they wanted to kill him. How can you hate somebody like that who's done nothing to you? And you don't even have a justifiable reason to, to, uh, to back up why you want them dead. All you can say, I don't know why I want them dead. I just want them dead. I don't know why I don't like him. I just don't like him. You didn't like me when I had an afro. You didn't like me when I lost a little on top. And then one day my son said, let it go, Dad, let it go. Now you're struggling with this Michael Jordan cut. People. As I close, the people were thinking of ways to kill Jesus. And while they were thinking of killing him, he was thinking how much he loved them. While they were thinking of giving him death, he was thinking of giving them eternal life. Man. How can you not serve a God like that? Let's close. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm just going to omit in your study time. Please take a look at Matthew chapter 26. But for the sake of time. Because I don't want to lie today. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Oh man. Are you ready for this? Look at verse number 11. Ready? Look on the screen. As reverently as you can. Would you read this? Ready? Read. That's, that's, that's where we are as a nation. They're embracing all of these satanic things. And they're embracing them like they're true. And you're like... Are these people reading the Bible? And how are they reading the Bible and embracing these lies of all these alternative ways of living? Go ahead and live the way you want to live, but don't, don't put God's approval on it. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do it, but don't say God's okay with it. 
And you preachers, stop lying to the people like God have sanctioned perversion. Stop it. Stop lying on God. God has not approved anywhere in Scripture for two men to be together or two women to be together. Stop lying on God. Now, if you want to do it, go ahead and do it. And stop saying God made you that way. Quit blaming. He, God gets blamed for enough stuff. Notice what the word says. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusions that they should believe the lie. In other words, and I'm wondering if that is what's happening in America. Is God dealing with our nation like God dealt with Pharaoh? Because the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He was so evil. He was so bent on doing wrong that God gave him over. Is America? I'm not saying she is, but I'm questioning. Is America so bent on doing sin? And has God done something that we have yet to recognize? And that's give our nation over to a spirit of deception. To where now we literally believe and embrace the lie. Because they've embraced it and believed it in Washington. We're the only country on the earth today that the head of that country sanctioned. We're the only country Still today, legally, sanctioned that it's okay for two men. It came out of the mouth of the President of the United States. And when he spoke it, there was a shift in the spirit world. And all hell has been unleashed on this nation. Now we're debating as a nation if, in fact, if it's all right for grown folks to have leisure with children. And don't look at me that way. It's coming. Because all the pedophile has to say is the same thing that the homosexual said. God made me like this. And I'm going to close. But I'm going to ask every person under the sound of my voice, with all the love that I can muster, would you please leave our children alone? Please. Please. And if that's you, I'm talking to you. What you've done is what you've done. But from this day forward, would you please leave your hands, keep your hands off of our children. Leave our sons. Leave our daughters alone. Please. 
Uncles, leave your nieces alone. Uncles, leave your nephews alone. Aunties, leave your nieces alone. Aunties, leave your nephews alone. Daddies. Leave your daughters and your sons alone. Mama. Stepmama. Would you please keep your hands off of our babies? It's in the room. There are grown folk in this room right now who have had the battles of their lives because as children when they should have been protected. Can't function in a marriage today like she needs to, like he needs to, because something happened at eight years old or 10 years old or 13 years old. And they haven't told anybody but the scars still there. Now she's in a position where she has to try to love a man not knowing that the last man violated her. So now she's a grown woman and she has trust issues. I'm in the back on several occasions in a deliverance service with a man in this house violated from his uncle's. When he was a child over, passed him around like a prostitute. And now today, he's fighting for his life. And the sad part about it, now you have to address it in the church. And you have to make sure they're not in children's church. That they're not in your youth church. That they're not on leadership. Are you ready? And that they're not in your pulpit. That's what I said. That your daughter is safe around the reverend. That your son is safe around the reverend. That your wife is safe around the reverend. That your husband is safe around the reverend. Because in some places, the reverend have access to everybody. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I speak the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. If you don't know Jesus this morning, has the Spirit of God touched your heart in any way where you realize that I cannot, I, I will not leave this assembly until I know that I know that I know it is well with my soul.
I want to say if you're here, but it's not if, because you are here. There are people in this room, people who are watching us all around the world who need to give their lives to Jesus. I share with you the word of God. Some of the word of God was the gospel. You saw clearly Jesus didn't do anything to anybody, but they wanted to kill him. And my question to you today, what do you want to do with him? Do you want to receive him or reject him? Do you receive his eternal life or do you want him crucified all over again? The Bible says that no one can come to God unless God first draw them. I believe that there's somebody in this room that the spirit of the Lord is reaching. Somebody watching us around the world where the spirit of God is reaching out to you and drawing you in. Saying it's time now to release yourself from the lie and bathe yourself in the truth. And that truth is Jesus. You're here today and you'll say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Will you pray with me? I want to give my life to Jesus. For the rest of my life, I want to serve him. I want to be free from everything that is not pleasing in his sight. I want to be free from the things of this world that will pull me all the way into hell. But today, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive the gift of God of eternal life. Heads are bowed. Intercessors, not everybody, but intercessors are praying. If that's you this morning, would you say, Pastor, by the lifting of your hand, when you pray, I want to give my life to Jesus. I used to serve him, but I've been a backslider. I've, I've gone to church, but I've never, I've never knowingly just given my life over to Jesus. And pastor, you don't have a clue as to how messed up I've made my life, but I believe Jesus can fix everything that I've broken. And I want to give my life to him today. If that's you today, would you lift your hand? I want to pray with you, even to our e-church all around the world. No, I can't see you, but you can stand up in your room. What's more important is that God will see it as a sign that when I pray, you're going to come up under the covering of that prayer. I'm going to pray. You're here today and all hell has broken out in your home and you can't put your finger on it, but you know a breakthrough has to happen in your marriage, in your family. I want you to come. I want to pray. I want to pray. I want to connect with the intercessory prayer that went on in this room before you ever got here. That that deliverance might be manifested in your house and in your family. If that's you, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Who, Jesus? I love it. Can I see the hands of everybody who's saved? Can I see the hands of everybody who's saved? I believe my sister's coming. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. Thank him. Thank him. Bless you. Bless you. Lord, I repent. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, thank you, my sister. Praise God. Amen. Thank you so much. Bless you. Bless you. Would you act like this with your sister, your auntie, or your, or your mother? Act like this is your brother that's coming? Yeah.
Bless you. Would you act like that? That's your brother? That's your uncle? Your, your nephew? If you need Jesus in your life, would you please come? If you've been trying to live without Jesus, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Young or old, if you've been trying to live in this life without Jesus, would you come? Would you come? Somebody come and, come and aid her. Back off of her, Miss Barry. Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't know why she's crying. I don't know what all God is doing with her. But it could have been you. And if that was you, how would you want the people to act? If that was you that God was dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. He's a God of a second chance, sister. He's a God of another chance. Everybody behind you have received two, three, Four, five, 10, 15, or 20 chances. Yeah, you just jo join the club. Join the club. Yeah, he's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. And if you stumble and fall, he's always willing. Mrs. Bear, back away from her, please. Back away from her, please. One of you older mothers come and stand by her. And I'm doing it for a reason. I'm protecting everybody. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is a wonderful, wonderful time because you're not rejecting me. Because I didn't offer you me. I offered you Jesus. And I will let you know this because I won't let you leave in ignorance. That if you lead out of these doors, you walk out of these doors and your life is not surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, your life is not going to work. Because life does not work without him. Because he alone is life. And whatever you need God to do in your family, it will never happen until you give your life to him. And you can go back out and try to make it happen again. You can play Russian roulette again. But I'm telling you, it won't work without Jesus. Your marriage is never going to be right without Jesus. Your family is never going to be right without Jesus. You're never going to be right without Jesus. Our life just does not work without Jesus. And the Bible said, whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. And just like when Jesus was walking the earth, there were those who received him, and there were those who were like we read in the book. 
They saw him, they heard him, they rejected him and wanted him killed. But I thank God we don't want him dead because he's alive. He's right at the right hand of the Father making intercession for these people at this altar. Would you stretch your hands toward them? Those at this altar, would you just lift your hands? Oh my, I love it when I see the young folk because the younger you are, the easier it is. The older you get, the harder it is. You get, you get stuck in your way. You, you get stubborn. And God will let you go on. But there is a heaven to gain. And there is a hell to shun. Let's pray. Father, say this to me, those at the altar. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And today, I lay my life down at the feet of Jesus to be used only by him. I declare from this day forward that I'm free, that I am free. Every hurt, every pain, every scar, everything that was ever done to me that was wrong it wasn't right. But today, I received the truth. And truth is Jesus. And Jesus, who is the truth, he is healing me everywhere I hurt. He's delivering me from every bondage and every scar that's been in my life. In the name of Jesus, I declare my freedom. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. And I am free. From this day forward, I am free. From this day forward, my past will no longer have me bound. In the name of Jesus, I am free. Bless the name of the Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Uh -huh. Nothing to say. I just want to touch you. I don't need to say it. But you're free. Free now. And you're a good man. Not perfect. None of us are perfect. But you're a good man. And I speak truth and not the lie. You're a good man because God's in you. Are you? And there's nothing but good in God. And he's in you. And your best days are ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Your best days are ahead of you. And you're going to help a lot of people. That's why the devil's been fighting you so hard because you're going to help a whole lot of people. Because every excuse they'll make, you'll be able to tell them, I've been there. And this same Jesus who set me free will set you free. I love you so much. I call the ministry of God that is on the inside of you. I call it out now to bless humanity. Everything you've been through has been a setup 
for what God is getting ready to do next in your life. Oh, praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Yeah, I bless you. Silly God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just silly, yeah, silly. Silly. Seal it now. Seal it now. Yeah, yeah, look at me. Worry is sin. Worry, because it's been trying to take you out. It's aging you beyond your age. You've been going to bed worrying, waking up worrying, telling folk you're okay, but you're worrying. Worry is sin. Well, what do I do, preacher, if I can't worry? You trust. From this day forward, you trust. Listen to me. If God doesn't keep you, you're not going to make it anyway. You want to know the truth? If God doesn't keep all of us, none of us are going to make it. So the only thing we can do is trust him. Trust him for your sustenance. Trust God for everything you need. And I'm telling you, everything you need it's going to show up at your door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to show up at your door. Everything you need is going to show up at your door. Glory to God. Somebody praise the Lord in this house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Now would you now, minister, Mrs. Barrett, would you please? Yeah. Who are these? These your, these your, all three of them? Yeah, come on here, girl. Yeah. Bless you. Come on here, son. Ooh-wee. What's up, big dog? How old are you, man? How old are you? You nine? Come on here, Nautica. How old are you, man? You 12? Ooh-wee, you ready. Man, how old are you, son? You 11? 11, 12, and 9. I'm so glad you're here. Can I ask a favor of you? Yeah. Let, would you let myself and let the ministry help you in any way we can with these fine, strong men that you have here? We, we have a program. Is, is Coach Ramsey here? Is Coach Ramsey here? I want you to get in contact. Minister Barrett. Oh, here, here, come Coach. Would you please come, sir? Do you know Coach Ramsey? Yeah. He has one of the most outstanding mentoring programs for young, young boys to develop them into young men. And I would love for you to prayerfully consider getting all three of your sons. Your prayer, she said her prayers have been answered. Would you turn around and meet Coach Ramsey? Amen. Young men, would you all turn around and meet Coach Ramsey? Amen. Uh, get the information from him, all of what you need to do to get these fine three soldiers in his mentoring program. And we're going to do everything we can to help you. One day they're going to be fine, amen, messengers for almighty God. Amen. The help you need it, it's at the door now, girl. Bless you. Love you much. Come on, give her a great big God bless you. I'm counting on you to mentor them and the brothers in this church. Amen. And we need more brothers to help us to mentor these young men. Uh, Coach Ramsey have a mentoring program in this church right now. And we need more men to help us to mentor 
these young boys to develop him into strong men of God. And, 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 and we need men who don't lie. In other words, we need men who say that they will help, that they will show up to help and not use excuses. Amen? I believe if you help somebody else's son, God will send a, an angel to help with your son or your daughter. Amen? Were you blessed today? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.